welcome to the Skyu Podcast. I'm your host, GopherGuy05 tonight. In fact, I'm the only one here tonight. Uh, everybody else is, is off doing things. Uh, Chris is on a, a whirlwind trip uh, across the Southwest, and uh, everybody else has, has got other items to deal with. So uh, you've got a bit of a monologue tonight. So uh, I apologize if it's not the most interesting thing to listen to, but... Uh, we'll try and make it a little interesting and, and keep it short. We just wanted to give you something head into your Memorial Day weekend to be able to listen to. Uh, as as you may have seen on the blog, we put out a call for uh, questions. We have a couple of questions in a mailbag segment we'll do it towards the end of the podcast. And we'll just cover some things that you may have missed here this week in uh, the Gopher Sports world. Just so you're on top of things, uh, as we said, heading into the uh, nice long Memorial Day weekend coming up where everybody should be going out and having some fun. So first things first, we'll cover, obviously, uh, this Thursday, uh, we had the first five games of the uh, Gopher football schedule announced. Uh, you know, we already knew that Minnesota was opening Thursday night, uh, September 2nd, against Ohio State. We found out a couple weeks ago that that game was going to be nationally broadcast on Fox. Uh, we officially got the game time tonight. It's going to be a 7 p.m. kickoff Thursday night on Fox. Um and all indications are that it will be a full house. Uh, you know, no, it's still no official announcement from the University of Minnesota, but all of the inklings coming out of there are expecting that it's going to be a, a full capacity, no restriction crowd whatsoever. So uh, hopefully that will continue to be true, and we'll have a, uh, a sellout. In fact, I saw today, if it, we do sell out the Ohio State game, it'll be our third consecutive sellout going back to the uh, Penn State game and the Wisconsin game in 2019. So, you know, hopefully we can continue the atmosphere we had for those games. Uh, Penn State, obviously, better than Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, legitimately, it's it's the best time you can really think of to catch Ohio State. You know, you're looking at a Buckeye team that, that lost a lot last season, playing a new quarterback, Justin Fields, obviously, off to the NFL. Um, and the Gophers return a ton. You know, they pretty much return uh, all their starters on offense and, you know, a good chunk on defense. So, um this is going to be a, a heck of a game, and hopefully the Gophers can uh, can jump out on the Buckeyes and, and do something well. Uh, the next four games of the schedule also were announced today. Uh, September 11th, the Gophers will host Miami, Ohio at 11 a.m. That game will be broadcast on ESPNU. Uh, and then the week after that, the Gophers go to their arguably toughest road game. It is the toughest non-conference road game by far, um, where they head out to uh, Boulder to play the Colorado Buffalo um, and some people were worried that that might be a later game, uh, rile up the Colorado fans, but that's going to be a noon kickoff central time here in the Twin Cities, uh, 11 a.m. local kickoff in, in Boulder, which should uh, limit a little bit of the uh, the crowd's ability to, to get uh, get rowdy for that game. Uh, and that game will air on the Pac-10, Pac-12 network, so if you don't have the Pac-12 network, make sure uh, you've got a spot reserved to head to a bar or something like that for that game, because uh, otherwise you won't be able to watch it. Uh, the following week, uh, the 25th, the Gophers have their homecoming game. Uh, remember the the controversy a few years ago when the Gophers brought in Ohio for homecoming? Uh, it's going to be sort of similar this year. Bowling Green will be the Gophers' homecoming opponent on September 25th. That game's also going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff and will be broadcast on an ESPN network to be determined. And finally, the following week, uh, the Gophers head to Purdue for their homecoming game. Uh, the first uh, Big Ten road game of the season also will be an 11 a.m. kick Saturday, October 2nd, with broadcast information TBD on that. So it, it, the interesting theme you're getting from this is outside of Ohio State, and obviously Colorado is noon 
our time, but it's 11 a.m. local kickoff, is as all the other games announced so far have been 11 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, I don't think Minnesota had a single 11 a.m. kickoff last year. Now, admittedly, there were no crowds to deal with. Um, but it, it's definitely going to be a bit of a culture shock to uh, to the fans who are, are looking to get back into the TCF. Um, you know, two of the three first home games are going to be 11 a.m. kickoffs, um, and uh the two first road games are a noon and 11 a.m. kickoff. So uh, make sure that you get your stuff done and ready and uh, ready to move on. So uh, the rest of the schedule, no more primetime games will be announced uh, right now. So you'll hear, you'll be the typical Big Ten, uh, you know, two weeks out schedule. So we won't know any of the other game times or channels or anything like that until we get up or closer to September, October and into the season. But uh, that at least gives you a good preview for the first five weeks of the season and should get everybody really excited for football. Kicking off to uh, another sport that just finished their season, uh, the Gopher softball team uh, playing in the NCAA tournament last weekend. Um, you know, got off to a rough start. Uh, they got they got sent out to uh, to LA to the UCLA regional. Uh, UCLA is the number two national seed. Gophers sort of arguing that they might have been a bit underseeded again, uh, which seems to be typical the last few years with Minnesota in the NCAA tournament, but uh, there's unfortunately not much you can do. The Big Ten is not really a, a big uh, softball powerhouse in the NCAA, and they sort of get the shaft. Um, but the Gophers had to make the best of what they did, um, and they didn't have to get off to a great start. They played uh, Fresno State in the first game last Friday and lost that one 3 to nothing. Um, Amber Pfizer, the uh, super senior pitcher for the Gophers, uh, had had what's been sort of a common occurrence for this season. She pitched fairly well for the first few innings and then just sort of tired towards the end. Uh, Fresno State scored two in the sixth, one in the seventh. Pfizer gave up 11 hits in the game, and uh, and the Bulldogs picked up a 3 nothing win, uh, basically putting the Gophers on the brink of elimination. Uh, in case you didn't know or can't remember for the last couple of years, softballs are double elimination regionals. So the Gophers fell into the loser's bracket and had to work their way back up. Uh, that started with Long Beach State, who lost to UCLA in the first round. Uh, and the Gophers took care of business in that game, winning 11 nothing. Uh, really came back out the bats, found what they did needed to do. Pfizer came back and, and pitched a good game. Uh, freshman catcher Sarah Kinch, California native, uh, hit a hit a huge bomb. Uh, Natalie Den Hartog basically ended the game with a with a grand slam, put the Gophers up eleven nothing late, uh, and they cruised to that one and advanced to play immediately thereafter against Fresno State again, um, who almost beat UCLA in the winners bracket, lost in extra innings to the Bruins. Um, but Fresno just didn't have much left. Gophers uh, played much better. Uh, game was tied up 3-3 after three innings, and then it was the Sydney Stralo show. Uh, Stralo threw out what would have been the potential leading run uh, from right field with a bomb to Kinch at the plate, and then came up the next inning and hit a home run of her own. Two-run jack, put the Gophers up 5-3. Uh, senior, super senior McKinnick Partain also hit a home run late in the sixth inning to sort of ice the game. Gophers got the 6-3 win and advanced to the uh, to the regional championship where they would face those number two Bruins on Sunday. And Minnesota played a great game against UCLA. Uh, you know, they, they got off to a one nothing lead. Uh, Megan Dre hit a home run, put the Gophers up one nothing. Um, it was uh, Autumn Pease in the circle for the Gophers, and she threw great. Seven innings, only gave up two runs, seven hits, seven strikeouts. Did the best you could do against the number two team in the country. Uh, Gophers just couldn't get any more runs. Rachel Garcia, arguably the best pitcher in the country for UCLA, came in after the second inning and just sort of shut the Gophers down. Um, you know, the Gophers tried their best, but just couldn't couldn't find another run, dropped the game 2-1, to one, and uh, their season ended. 
UCLA moves on to the Super Regionals and, and the Gophers head home. Uh, you know, final career games for uh, for McKinnick Partain, who ends uh, the all-time Gopher career run scored leader. Uh, Amber F- or Pfizer, uh, who, you know, will go down as one of the best pitchers in Gopher history, although she didn't have a great 2021 season. She'll go to play uh, professional softball with the uh, Athletes Unlimited group later this summer. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Um, and then Carly Brandt, Macy Gill, and Caitlin Kemet-Mueller, the other three seniors who all ended their seasons. Um, they'll move on to better things, and, and the Gophers will try and regroup and, and come back next year. The rest of the Big Ten didn't fare, or fared just the same as Minnesota. Uh, Michigan, uh, the Big Ten winners, uh, upset one game against uh, Washington to uh, get into the winner's bracket, but then dropped two games against the Huskies out in Seattle. Uh, so it's number 16, Washington, advanced to the Super Regional there. And uh, Northwestern went to Kentucky's region and uh, I think went one and two. Lost uh, lost at least one game to Kentucky, maybe two, and, and, and got knocked out right away. So no Big Ten teams in the Super Regional this season. Um, you know, that's, that's Big Ten softball for you. So moving on to a couple other big uh, end-of-the-season Gopher sporting events. We've got uh, men's tennis team. Uh, you may have seen us tweeting about it, and we got a post on it. But uh, th- th- in case you've been, you know, in a hole, the Gopher men's tennis team is basically ending its uh, varsity sport life this season. Uh, you know, the the men's indoor track team, the men's tennis team, and the men's gymnastics team all, uh, due to budget cuts, are playing their final seasons this year. And, and so the Gopher men's tennis team, um, you know, team-wise they didn't make it, but uh, their, their number one doubles team of Sim Troost and Vlad Loback made the NCAA doubles championship um, and started making some noise. You know, they picked up a quick 6-1-6-3-3 victory over Jim Hendricks and Victor Chaw of Sanford in the first round, uh, which then got them to play the number one team in the country. They ended up, or number one seed, uh, Tim Sandolkin and Finn Reynolds of Old Miss, and they upset them. Uh, big 6-4-3-6, uh, 10-4 tiebreak win, upsetting the number one seed in the country, and the Gophers were into the quarterfinals. Um, and it looked like they were going to try and, and get another game. Uh, they, they ended up facing Guy Danuden and Adrian Utzbach of Pepperdine. But unfortunately, the Gopher Magic ran out. Uh, they dropped the first set 6-3, won the second set 6-3, and got into a tiebreaker again, and just couldn't quite pull it out. The Pepperdine duo ended up winning 10-7. Um, officially ending Minnesota men's tennis as a varsity sport. Um, but uh, Lowback and Truce did go out uh, by making the quarterfinals. They were both named All-Americans. They're the first Gopher tennis All-Americans since Leandro Trulito was named an All-American in singles in 2014, and the first doubles team to be named All-Americans since 2002 when it was Thomas Hogg and Harsh Mankab. So... Um, you know, it, it, it's a bittersweet way to go out for, uh, for men's tennis as a varsity program, but, uh, you know, at least it uh, went out in a, in a, you know, fighting fashion all the way out. One other sport, obviously, uh, winding down its season, the, uh, the Gopher track and field team there at the NCAA West prelims it held at Texas A&M this weekend. Uh, the men competed, uh, Wednesday and Friday. The women will compete Thursday and Saturday. Um, you have to finish in the top 12 of all the competitors to advance to the full NCAA championships, which will be held in early June out in Eugene, Oregon at, at uh, you know, the most famous track in the world there in Eugene. Um, and I go for men, got two people to advance off of uh, the initial 
competition on Wednesday. Uh, Costa Zaltos finished second in the hammer throw, so he's advancing to the full NCAA championships. And then Kyle Atkinson finished 11th in the shot put, also advancing to the full NCAA championships. Uh, the Gopher men had several other uh, track athletes, um, Willie Burton's son, Noah Burton being one of them, who advanced to uh, Friday's event finals. Um, so we'll see if the Gopher men can pull off a couple more NCAA spots here on Friday. Uh, the Gopher women on Thursday, their uh, their field athletes had some great personal bests, but nobody had uh, qualified for uh, the NCAA championships as of yet. They did advance several of their track athletes to Saturday's finals, so hopefully the Gophers can get a couple of the women in on Saturday and they can bring a nice big group down to uh, over to Eugene in June for the NCAA championships. One other uh, interesting Actually, we'll, we'll keep it Gopher Sports winding down their seasons. The Gopher baseball season, we've intentionally not really talked about them on the podcast. Um, it, it's bad. It's been historically bad. Uh, they, they will finish their season this weekend. They've got four games all at Purdue, but only two of them against the Boilermakers. Two of them will be against Penn State due to the weird pod system uh, that they've been playing this year. Um, but, but when we say bad, I mean, it, it's been bad. The Gophers are 5-29 and 29 this season. Um, one of the reasons why they're five and 29 is their pitching staff has been awful. Uh, they have an 8.54 team ERA. The, the Gophers are allowing eight and a half runs a game. That's awful. That's just unfathomable. But to show you how bad that is, obviously John Anderson has been, this is his 40th season as, as the head coach of the Gopher baseball team. He's This is his worst season in his career. If you want to go back to the last time the Gophers won so few games, uh, as we said, 5-29 and 29 this year with four games left in the regular season, they were 4-9 in 1947. You have to go back to 1947 to find a Gopher baseball season as bad as this one. I mean, it's just, it boggles the mind how bad they've been this year. And and there's plenty of reasons for it. COVID being one, um, you know, they've had injuries to the pitching staff. But uh, it's, it's going to take a lot to come back from this. I mean, it's not like they have three or four golden arms who are coming in next year who are going to magically turn this around. Uh, they definitely have some work to do, and this, this won't be an, uh, a fast fix. Um, you know, John Anderson, you got to start wondering, obviously he's been here for 40 years. Is it time for him to, to step down and some fresh blood to come in? Uh, it sounds like he's in negotiation. His contract is up after the season. He's still in negotiation with the U. He wants to come back. Um, I'm sure Mark Coyle is, is definitely having a tough decision to make here, but I'm guessing John Anderson will at least come back for one or two more years, but you gotta, you gotta start wondering if the writing's on the wall and, uh, and this might be the beginning of the end for, uh, for John Anderson as coach of the, uh, Gopher baseball team. One other note before we get to questions, Joey King. Yes, that Joey King, former Gopher basketball player, Joey King, uh, is trying to make the U S Olympic team. In what you say? Not not regular basketball, but three on three basketball. Yes, three on three basketball is an Olympic vet in Tokyo this year, um, and he was named an injury replacement after one of the other players went down. And he is uh, on the four man U.S. Uh, three on three basketball team along with uh, former Purdue star Robbie Hummel uh, and a couple other players who uh, you probably won't recognize, but uh, King Hummel and two other guys are trying to get the U.S. qualified this weekend. Uh, for the Tokyo Olympics. 
Um, eight teams will make the uh, the three-on-three three Olympic field. Four teams have already punched their ticket. Uh, one other team will get in through a uh, another qualifier a little bit here. So this this is the main Olympic qualifying tournament. The top three teams that finish in the tournament uh, will get it get their spot in Tokyo. And right now the U.S. is looking pretty good. They're two and zero in their pool play after the first uh, two games here on Thursday. Uh, and Joey King was kind of the hero on one. Uh, you may have seen, again, if you look at our Twitter page, we posted it. Um, the uh, the U.S. played Lithuania in their first pool play game right away Thursday morning. Uh, time ticking down. The U.S. was down 20-18. to 18. Uh, King goes in for an easy layup to make it 20-19. Lithuania has the ball. King's guarding his man. Uh, his man slips. Loses the ball. King picks it up, goes up to the top of the arc, drains a three to win the game. You play up to 21 on three on three, uh, 21 or 12 minute games. Three, uh, King drained a three, well, two points, uh, made it 21 20. U.S. gets the win. Uh, Joey King's the hero. Uh, then the U.S. came back and just beat the living you know what out of Korea 21 to three in their second game in pool play. Uh, so they're sitting 2-0 and uh, on top of the, their pool along with Belgium, uh, who they will play on Saturday along with Kazakhstan. So it looks like the U.S. is in, in really good shape to uh, to advance out of their pool. There's four, uh, four, four five-team pools, excuse me, top two teams advance to the quarterfinals. So at that point, once you get to the quarterfinals, the U.S. just needs to win two more games. Um, and, and they've got a spot in, in Tokyo, and, and you sure would assume that uh, this four-man team will be the team that they would bring to Tokyo. So if if Joey King can help the, uh, the U.S. Olympic team qualify, uh, I would expect we'll see him in, in Tokyo playing for the U.S. 3-on-3 basketball team. So that sort of is the uh, end of our final recap, and uh, you know, as I said, we posted on Twitter, uh, and we posted an article on the blog about a week ago saying asking for, for any questions. Um, you know, we knew that, uh, we're winding down and we're running out of time. So we decided to go for a mailbag. We got, we got three questions from two people. So, um, our, our fellow listeners, we could have used a little bit more help, but that's okay. We've got some questions and I'll, I'll answer them the best we can. Um, two of them came from Minnesota March DTF. We'll start with him. And his first question was, uh, who do you see as the breakout candidates for the Gopher football team in 2021? Now, this is an interesting question because, again, the Gophers are returning pretty much all of their offensive power, except for Rashad Bateman. Um, and on defense, they return quite a bit. So who, who do we see potentially breaking out? Now, now the obvious answer would be probably Chris Ottman bell as he steps into that number one wide receiver. But, um, you know, I think, I think on the wide receiver core to pay attention to, I think Daniel Jackson might be having a big sophomore season. Um, you know, he, he looked like he was just starting to get it a little bit as a freshman last year, and he looked pretty good in the spring game. And I think, obviously, um, you know, any anybody the Gophers plays are going to give Ottman Bell the most attention by far. So that's going to be the opportunities are going to be there for Daniel Jackson to make some plays. And if he can make plays and become a true number two receiver for this team, I think uh, he legitimately could have a really, really good season. Uh, sticking along with that, if we're looking at number two, is obviously Mo Ibrahim is the number one back, and he's not really worried about him breaking out. I mean, he broke out. He's going to be the star. 
But I do think Trey Potts has uh, has a really good shot as that number two back to try and uh, make some heads turn. You know, Potts in in the action he got in twenty twenty looked really good. He's shifty, can be a a pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, I do think that that Trey Potts could be looking at having a, a really good season. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I think. Uh, you know, we we know what the D line can do. I think there's there's some potential breakout candidates there, whether it be a an MJ Anderson or a, a you know a, a Rashad Cheney continuing to do what he did. Um, I'm I'm going to say uh, I've got a couple of potential candidates, and they might be a little a little more down on the depth chart, but I think um, obviously the Gopher linebackers needed a lot of help last year, and and one of the reasons they were they were hurting a little bit is is Braylon Oliver tore his ACL in spring ball and wasn't available. Um, I think if he's back full speed, ready to go here uh, this fall, I think he could be a breakout candidate at, at one of the linebacker spots for Minnesota. Oliver definitely has some athletic ability, um, can hit. We all know he can hit. If he can continue to, uh, you know, step up in the run game and, and cover tight ends if needed, I think he could have a really big year this year for the Gophers. And and talking about pass covering, um, you know, we know Coney Durr's a, a strong player. The Gophers at, at safety um, are going to need some people, whether it be Jordan Howden or uh, Tyler Newbin to step up, as we saw Abner Duber, uh, true freshman who didn't play in 2020, but he jumped into the transfer portal oral this week. So the Gophers don't have a ton of depth at, at safety. Um, but I think corner is going to be just as interesting, you know, um, Terrell Smith looked decent in the spring game. Uh, you've got, um, you know, he'll he'll be a candidate to potentially get some time at that other corner opposite Coney Durr. But I think I think potentially breaking out. I think true freshman Justin Wally, uh, Mister Mississippi. Uh, apparently he's he's looked really good in the spring. He's athletic. I think he might step in and and uh, really make an impression right away. So uh, those would be my four you know breakout candidates. I'm I'm saying here in in May, uh, obviously a lot of time before September and the season actually starts. But uh, they would be the ones I would say we should uh, keep a watch on, especially as we get into fall camp. He had uh, Min March DTF had one other question, and that was on the men's hockey side. Uh, what uh, what players do you think will have the biggest impact on the upcoming season? Um, you know, if, if we're talking returners, obviously the answer is Jack LaFontaine. Uh, LaFontaine sticking around for the fifth season. He's the number one goalie. He will play 99% of the minutes again next season. Um, and the Gophers will live and die on, on how Jack LaFontaine does in net. If he has a year like he did this year, obviously the Gophers will be really good. If he backslides a little bit, then things will be a little more interesting. Um you know, and then they're going to have to get offensive scoring. Uh, you know, Sample Ranta off to the AHL. Uh, they're going to have to get scoring, uh, and it's going to be they're going to be seniors next year. Uh, but the Sammy Walker, Blake McLaughlin group, uh, you know, they they could have breakout games, but they sort of disappeared at times too. Uh, next year, as seniors, that's not allowed. These guys have to be the number one scoring punch, and they need to come out every single game. Uh, you know, Ben Myers, another name who has uh, sort of been hit or miss. He can be really, really good, or he can sort of fade into the background. Um, he needs to step up for his junior season and, and try and really impress. Uh, and then I think Brock Faber, the uh, will-be sophomore defenseman, um, he's probably gone after next season to the NHL and be really nice for him just to have a great sophomore season, both offensively and defensively, and really impress. Um, if you're talking about, uh, you know, incomers, uh, the, the name that everybody's going to be talking about is Chaz Lucius. Uh, he's been re- 
a gopher recruit for forever. I think he honestly committed to Minnesota. He was 13 or 14, and he's finally getting ready to come in next year. Um, he's played with the U.S. U under 18 team this year and has, has looked really good out in Michigan. Uh, and the new uh, NHL Central Scouting rankings just came out on Thursday as well. He's the 12th-ranked North American player. Um, so when the NHL draft is... Uh, Comes out, I think it's June or July. Um, Lucius will be a, a first-round pick. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be the the first uh, golfer golfer forward first-round pick um, in some time. You know, we're talking going back to the to the Blake Wheelers and the Phil Kessels, and and so um, you know, Lucius hopefully can uh, can live up to the hype and really impress as a freshman next year. You know, he, he potentially could be a one and done. You'd like to see maybe you could get him two years, but he's not going to stick around much more than two years. Um, if you're looking for another highly talented potential freshman, Tristan Bros was the uh, ranked the 28th uh, North American skater in the Central Scouting rankings. Uh, he played this year with Fargo in the USHL, brought them to the Clark Cup Finals before they fell. Um, he's going to be another big scoring that he'll come in and, and play top six, top nine minutes probably as a true freshman for the Gophers next year. Um, you know that Fargo team was loaded with a lot of a lot of Minnesota recruits. Um, not only Brennan Boynton, their their starting goaltender is going to come in. And he'll be the uh, backup goaltender for the Gophers next year and, and look to take over the number one role once Lafontaine uh, graduates and, and leaves after next season. So Boynton will get one year of backup duty before hopefully becoming the number one man. Uh, but Aaron Hoogland is another great story. Hoogland, uh, Roseau kid, played for Fargo. He had missed most of the last two seasons having some major back surgeries. And, and honestly, nobody knew whether he was going to be able to continue his career or not. Uh, but Hugelin found his touch again playing for Fargo last year, uh, ended up being one of the co-MVPs of the force, and he'll also come in as a freshman next year for the Gophers. And so, um, you know, Minnesota will have some definitely scoring talent coming in uh, as true freshmen, and hopefully they can uh, they can adapt to the college game pretty quick and, and really help the Gophers. Um, you know, they're Whatever they can provide as true freshmen is great, uh, but they're going to have to get up to speed as fast as they can because next year's senior class for the Gophers, uh, they're going to be losing a lot of talent, and these guys are going to be expected to uh, pick up the slack soon. So uh, thank you for the two questions, mid-March DTF. We had one more question. Uh, Duper Clay came in. Uh, <laughs> talking a little bit more negatively, uh, how many games will the Gophers win, and will they be winless in the Big Ten? Talking about the Gopher men's basketball team. Obviously, the turnover on the Gopher men's basketball team has been extreme. Uh, you know, Ben Johnson has literally right now one player who played for the Gophers last year who is still on the roster, and that's Isaiah Enan. Everybody else has entered the transfer portal, has transferred, or has entered the NBA draft. He's got nobody left but Enan. Um, and and they've, they've recruited a bunch of transfers, and they've recruited a bunch of uh, players from you know the low major, mid major group who are going to get a shot at a, at a Big Ten, Big Ten schedule and see whether they can produce. Uh, will, will it work or not? I don't think anybody really knows. Um, but I think Johnson is trying to set this team up. He knows that next year is probably going to be painful, but he's got a lot of scholarships after that. You know, you're looking at the roster right now. Um, you know, you've got uh, coming in Charlie D'Angelo's, Peyton Willis coming back. Uh, you know, was with the Gophers a couple of years ago, left for College of Charleston, now is coming back for his fifth year. Uh, Luke Lowe, E.J. Stevens, Sean Sutherland, tra all transferring in from uh, from schools out in the Patriot League. 
But they're all one-year players. Uh, right now, I think, you know, Johnson's looking at potentially having five, six scholarships open for the class of 2022, which is exactly what you want. If he's going to try and re- recruit the state of Minnesota and try and bring these guys in and especially woo them with playing time, uh, he's going to have that for them to, to offer. So, um, you know, Enon's still got two years left. Jamison Battle, a nice transfer from George Washington. He's going to have a couple years to play. Um, you know, Trayton Thompson, the true freshman coming in from, from Alexandria. Um, and then they picked up an interesting Juco guy in Abdullah Thiam, um, who, you know, a Juco guy, whatever, but he shot 48% from behind the arc. Uh, so if he can, if he can do anything like that, uh, in the big 10 play, which I mean, let's be honest, is, is a stretch. Um, you know, the one thing Ben Johnson brought in, all of his transfers can shoot the ball. He's stressed. Shooting is important. You know, the Gophers might not be able to bang down low with some of the bigger teams in the conference, but they're hoping that they've got a crop of shooters who can who can make baskets. And obviously that's what you got to do to win basketball games. So, you know, we'll see how that all goes. Um, you know, Parker Fox was the D2, one of the D2 All-Americans from Northern State, Matamidi kid. Uh, he tore his ACL right after committing to Minnesota, so he probably won't be ready to go next year. They're hoping that he'll be back in, in 2022. So he's not, you know, really athletic kid. He's not going to give you much next year. But, um, you know, it, the from, from afar, the roster looks pretty weak. Uh, I mean, there's no real good way to say about that. Johnson still has two or three scholarships left. Um, he says he probably isn't going to use them all, and it'll be interesting to see how he, he shifts them around, you know, using between 2022-2023. But, um, you know, the playing time will be there for guys if they want them. Um, you know, looking looking what we know from the schedule so far, uh, you know, some of the non-conference schedules beginning to trickle out. Uh, Marcus Fuller was was writing about this earlier last week. Uh, the Gophers are set to open up their season in an exhibition game against Concordia St. Paul at the Barn November 1st. Uh, ben Johnson's first official game will be at the Barn against Missouri-Kansas City on November 9th. Um, then they play in a four-team event in Asheville, North Carolina that weekend on November 12th and 14th. Uh, sounds like it's going to be South Carolina, Western Kentucky, George Mason, and the U. Um, you know, hopefully they would make it so the Gophers wouldn't get South Carolina in the first game. Uh, so probably a Western Kentucky or George Mason, and then hopefully you win and get, get South Carolina. Um, you know, at least another SEC opponent. They're going to get another SEC opponent December 5th, uh, Mississippi State. The Gophers will head down to Starkville and play them there. Remember, that was supposed to be a home-and-home, and, home, and the first game was originally supposed to be last year at the barn, which got canceled due to COVID. Uh, I think that hopefully is getting rescheduled potentially for next season so the Gophers will have a have a Power 5 home game there. So, um, And then you've got the, the Big Ten schedule. Obviously, the, the actual games haven't been announced yet, but the, the matchups have been announced um, you're going to get Iowa twice home and away. You're going to get Wisconsin twice home and away. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be great. Uh, this team probably is going to struggle. Um, do I think they'll be winless in the big 10? No, they'll find one. They'll find a way to get a win somewhere. They're not going to be that bad. Um, how many games will they win? I can't even begin to predict you that. Will it be single digits? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, if we end up seeing a, seeing a, say a eight and 22 type season, um, that wouldn't shock me at all, but, um, you know, we'll just have to see what the final roster ends looking like as we get into the fall. Um, and you never know, like that's the thing about shooters though, is, is, you know, if these guys can't actually shoot at a, at a power five, big 10 level, 
the Gophers could steal some games they're not supposed to win. Um, if they can't play defense and they can't rebound, that's going to hurt. But, you know, uh, I I won't be surprised to see this team be not as bad as we would have thought, but they're still going to be a bottom bottom four team in the Big Ten. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, um, you know, everybody, I think, sort of figured that next year is going to be a, a you know, a wash. It's going to be, can Ben Johnson go out and get these 2022, 2023 kids who uh, are going to make a difference in this program? And that remains to be seen, but we can only hope that uh, things will progress. So with that, uh, we're going to, we're going to end it. Thank you for uh, listening to my one person rant. Obviously I know it's not the uh, most amazing uh, podcast you've had here, but I do appreciate the listen and, and we'll get, uh, we'll get some other people back here in the next week or two, uh, whether it be back from vacation or just back from not being busy. And, uh, you know, we'll look forward to, to wrapping up the official, uh, 2020, 2021 go for sports season. Everything should be winding down and, and, uh, you know, we'll have our, our free, free for all summer and, and trying to bring you some fun content before uh, football starts picking up again here in September. So thanks for listening. Appreciate it, everybody. Uh, as we said, you know, we keep been saying, wash your hands. If you haven't gotten your vaccine yet, go get your vaccine. Um, let's try and open things up as soon as possible here, um, you know, and, and make sure that we're going to have that, uh, that packed full house at, at TCF Bank Stadium on September 2nd. So thanks for listening. Skyima, row the boat. Go Gophers.